you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of the Career Contessa podcast, your shortcut to being more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Lauren McGowan, and today's solo episode is focused on something that is all too common at work, incompetent bosses. But how do we get bosses that seem to always be in the dark or lack the skills to actually lead? The answer is, of course, more complicated, but I'm going to break it all down and share how the Peter Principle might be showing up in your workplace, plus what you can do about it. And now this is the Career Contessa Podcast. How is it possible that my boss doesn't know how to do this simple task? One of life's amazing little mysteries is the phenomenon of having a boss that seems completely unqualified. They're paid a higher salary. They have a better office. They're recognized and respected by senior management, all while maintaining the status of being the most incompetent person you've ever met. If you're dealing with an incompetent boss at work, you're probably not alone. The Peter Principle is a concept that explains how good employees slowly evolve into incompetent bosses. And without enacting proper new manager training and hiring practices, this occurrence could slowly develop into a toxic workplace. So what is the Peter Principle? The Peter Principle is the idea that employees who succeed at work in hierarchical companies will keep getting promoted until they reach their own level of incompetence. Once they get to a position that is over their level of competence, they no longer get promoted and plateau for the rest of their time at the job. This leads to bad bosses who stifle growth and operate at a considerable cost to the company. The Peter Principle happens when a company's promotion practices rely on the current job performance rather than analyzing employees' skills, weaknesses, and other talents that better predict whether they would be a good manager. For example, let's say an entry-level salesperson is great at making sales. Their positive job performance earns them consistent promotions over time. Eventually, the salesperson gets promoted from an individual contributor to a managerial position. Their new position now revolves around leading a team instead of making sales. The company did not train these people to be effective managers. Their sales performance is what got them noticed. This creates a manager who is untrained and who is underutilizing their real strengths. Their subordinates feel confused and demotivated. 
This is basically an express lane to burnout and stifled growth. This is the Peter principle at work. Just because someone is a great salesperson or a great employee doesn't necessarily mean they will be a great sales manager. So is the Peter principle true? Well, the Peter principle is a concept that was first introduced by authors Lawrence Peters and Raymond Hull in their 1969 book, The Peter Principle. Since then, it's been a popular point of discussion in the career world. In 2018, three professors, Alan Benson, Danielle Lee, and Kelly Hsu, analyzed the performance of sales workers at 214 firms. And what did they find? Evidence consistent with the Peter Principle. They estimated that, quote, the costs of promoting workers with lower managerial potential are high, suggesting either that firms are making inefficient promotion decisions or that the benefits of promotion-based incentives are great enough to justify the cost of managerial mismatch. They found that the best salespeople were more likely to get promoted and that they were also more likely to perform poorly as managers at the expense of their businesses. So how do organizational hierarchies work exactly? Well, what does an organization need to do in order to avoid the Peter principle is another way of thinking about that. First, let's go over how organizational hierarchies work. Organizational hierarchies refer to how a company is structured. It relates to the relationship between employees, managers, directors, all the way up to presidents and CEOs. A hierarchical organization is an organization where every entity, except one at the top, is subordinate to another entity. Basically, it's your average corporation. This system relies on a chain of command that gets smaller as you get closer to the top. As one navigates their way toward the top, their salary typically increases. Information and directions flow vertically within an organizational hierarchy. Directions are passed down while information is passed up. The top of the hierarchy is in charge of analyzing information and developing policies that reflect the information that they have received. Meanwhile, the bottom is in charge of enacting those policies and then sending their results back up to the top. I want to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, Chime. No one likes waiting on a paycheck, especially when you've got bills due. Am I right? Good thing there's Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days early with direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, pay bills, and generally just feel good about your money situation. But Chime is more than just about getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. Chime is changing the way people think about banking. They are a financial technology company founded on the premise that banking services should be helpful, easy, and free. Their model does not rely on overdraft fees, service fees, minimum balance requirements, and more. Chime partners with regional banks to design member-first financial products. This creates a more competitive market with better, lower-cost options for everyday Americans who aren't being served well by the traditional banks and that model. Everyone deserves financial peace of mind, and Chime is banking that has your back. So what are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck. You can get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. That's right. In less than two minutes, you can have an account and start using Chime. Get started at chime.com backslash Contessa. 
That's chime.com backslash Contessa, which is spelled C-O-N-T-E-S-S-A. Baking services and debit card provided by the Bank Corp or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. All right, now let's get back to the show. Hi, I'm Allie Colbert. I'm bisexual, so I'm attracted to both women and food. I'm a stand-up comedian, and I host The Allie Colbert Show, where we talk all things dating, sexuality, pop culture, television advice, everything queer. We are the anti-basic podcast. We do amazing interviews with my friends who are hilarious stand-up comedians and have on interesting authors, writers, and actors. So if you want to laugh, listen to steamy stories, or learn some new dating tricks, this is for you. Listen in wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, or wherever else. Let's talk about some examples of the Peter Principle. Putting the salesperson example to the side, let's walk through a couple of examples of the Peter Principle at work. Let's say there's a software engineer working for a large tech company, and they are extremely skilled at what they do. Their current performance as a coder allows them to flex their expertise every day. They work quickly and effectively. Their team can always rely on them to turn in air-free work in a timely manner. When it comes time for their managing director to make a list of the best potential managers, their name is always at the top of the list. They are the highest performing team member. So why wouldn't they make the best candidate? However, while their coding skills are impeccable, this engineer lacks some verbal and written communication skills. An independent work environment is a better fit for this engineer. Just for fun, let's see an example outside of the office. A soccer coach recognizes a star athlete among the team. They consistently score the highest and display the strongest level of stamina and athleticism. The coach decides to make the star player the team's captain. In addition to playing, they are now tasked with managing the team, keeping morale up, and acting as a mediator between teammates. While they shine on the field, they don't possess the strongest interpersonal skills. They don't do a good job of managing the team. Even worse, the added stress has resulted in a decrease in athletic performance, resulting in a lose-lose outcome. Now that you are familiar with what the Peter Principle is and what it could look like in the workplace, let's go over how you can avoid the Peter Principle's effects. Okay, so let's talk about how you can avoid the pitfalls of the Peter Principle. As an individual contributor, you may be limited to the extent to which you can implement organizational change. However, if you are a manager or a director, there are a few things that you can do to avoid the pitfalls of the Peter Principle. We recommend the following. Reassess, reassign, and redevelop. Number one, reassesses attributes of the best candidate. If you are a hiring manager in charge of making decisions about promotions, one of the best ways to ensure the Peter Principle does not take hold of your organization is to reflect on what attributes make an employee fit for a promotion or managerial role. If your best candidates are chosen solely on their performance in their current role, then implement some new best practices for narrowing down candidates. We recommend assessing each individual for their strengths, weaknesses, talents, and personality. For example, Margaret may not be one of the top salespeople. However, she is a natural when it comes to motivating her team. Plus, she's exceptional at organization and delegation. Margaret is most likely going to make for a better manager than another candidate whose strength is purely in sales. Number two, reassign incompetent workers. Just because someone is incompetent at their job doesn't mean it's all their fault and that they should be punished by being fired or demoted. It was the company's promotion policies that got them where they are today. 
However, this does not mean that you need to keep them in the same position. A CEO can reassign employees that have been Peter principled. This means that they would be reassigned to another lateral, most likely a position that utilizes their strengths. Their duties of leadership are replaced by equally important tasks that don't involve managing people. Number three, redevelop your company's managerial training. Because managing is a cut and dried hard skill, it is often overlooked as a skill altogether. Most people assume managing and leadership are inherent abilities that anyone can learn on the job. This is just not true. Managing and leadership training is crucial for new managers. Did you know that 60% of new managers fail within their first two years? As a hiring manager, make sure your company provides thoughtful training, mentorship, and or support for new managers. If you are an employee who's received a promotion and your company doesn't provide substantial training, see if you can be reimbursed for an external training or online course. So what to do when your boss is incompetent? An incompetent boss can ruin your experience at work, even if you enjoy what you do. If you feel that your boss is incompetent, there are a few things that you can do to help mitigate your frustrations. Number one, figure out where the incompetency is coming from. What makes you feel like your boss is incompetent? Are they unaware of how their department or team works efficiently? Do you disagree with the policies and systems they've enacted? Or maybe you feel like they are never, ever present in the office or team meetings. Reflect on what specifically makes your boss incompetent. And remember to have some empathy. At the end of the day, they are just another human showing up at work and hopefully trying their best under pressure. When you find the source of incompetency, you are better equipped to handle it. For example, if you find that your boss is bad at communicating, suggesting regular one-on-one meetings may help alleviate communication problems. Number two, manage up. Managing up is anticipating your boss's needs to learn how to be a true source of help. This is a manner in which you can fill in some of your boss's gaps. Managing up could look like providing weekly reports to your boss, taking initiative on a project, or preparing materials for weekly team meetings. Warning, managing up does not mean covering up your boss's mistakes or taking on double the amount of work for no extra pay. It also doesn't mean you need to suck up to your boss. When we talk about taking more initiative, we mean doing the best job you can as an employee to add value to your team and your company. Number three, ask for help. If you have a smaller to mid-sized company, this may be more effective route to dealing with an incompetent boss. If you've tried to communicate your concerns with your boss and they are closed off to any kind of feedback, try seeking counsel from other managers or higher-ups. Explain what you are experiencing and preferably back it up with evidence. This is especially important if you feel like your boss's incompetency has created a negative or toxic work environment where you no longer feel comfortable. And as we conclude with a final note, if you're met with zero action altogether, as if they don't care and you've already voiced your concerns and communicated, then it might be time to consider leaving the company. You've done everything you can do. If you think that you are the incompetent boss or maybe you're about to be a new manager and you live in fear of being this boss and you're looking for some extra support, check out our online course, The New Manager Manual. Your enrollment includes lifetime access to the video tutorials, course workbook, and advice on how to build out a strategy for your first 90 days and beyond. Lastly, thank you for listening to another one of my solo episodes. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know by DMing us at Career Contessa on Instagram and let me know what you liked about this episode. Of course, you can rate and review the show and let me know. And if there's future topics that you'd like me to cover, you can let me know that as well. 